the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, I have a very special guest calling in here from Phoenix. This is John Correa. John is the owner and operator of ActiveSelfProtection.com. You've seen him numerous times on videos. I know because we posted them on our Facebook page. He does some great detail on self-protection, the use of force. He's an ex- expert subject matter on it. They do training. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they're going to be out here in San Diego, March 16th through the 19th. And you probably got a notice on it from the Riverside County gun owners. But anyway, cover your ASP tour. Now, this is Salem. We are family friendly. So ASP. It's not spelled Biden. It's spelled A-S-P. Okay, so let's be very specific about that. It's cover your ASP, ASP as in active self-protection tour. We don't want to uh, accidentally get, get fined here. But let me introduce you uh, to John Korea, folks. John has been in the military. He's a pastor for 14 years. He's been a CCW carrier for, what, 14, 15 years. He's been training people for self-defense, martial arts, all those things, use of force, which is an extremely important idea to get your mind around because use of force is not just, I have a CCW, now I'm a bad ASP. Um, I have a CCW, now I have a lot of responsibility. So folks, let me uh, turn it over to John Korea. John, how are you doing this morning? Well, you know, as my grandpa taught me, every day's a holiday, every meal's a feast, every formation's a parade, and every paycheck's a fortune. Thanks for having me. Hey, every day above ground's a good day, right? <laughs> Amen. As, we're not dead yet, so we're keeping on moving on there. So, hey, John, how did you get into this? You know, this is a, you have a unique background. You came from a pastorship. You yeah. were in the military, and now you're doing all this high-end training for self-defense and firearm use. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting bit. I mean, you know, uh, it, it all started, uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't carry a gun until 2006, but I grew up around firearms some. I grew up hunting with my grandpa some, hunting with my dad a little, um, had access and, and exposure to firearms young. But then when I joined the military, uh, unless you're in an in infantry unit, you just don't mess with small arms. And I wasn't. I was in the Navy. We didn't mess with small arms at all. And, um, and then when I got out, I uh, decided that I wanted to be a pastor. So we, we uh, moved to Phoenix for me to go to seminary, to go to grad school. And I was working in retail while I did that. And uh, retail management shouldn't be a, a dangerous occupation, except for in 06, when the uh, PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 came out, uh, managers were getting mugged and, and hurt and even killed for them because they were going for over $1,000 in the secondary market on eBay. The good thing you didn't and, sell, uh, you know, Nike Air Jordans too. 
Right. I mean, same thing, right? Whammy. So in, in those worlds, um, I was really, uh, you know, worried about that. And the news stories were getting pretty strong. So I decided at that point to go get my CCW um, and had just a skosh of extra money. We were broke as all get out, but I'd done some extra work for my, uh, one of my professors and had earned enough money to go get my CCW, buy a firearm and holster. Um, bought the wrong gun, put it, the wrong ammo in it, put it in the wrong holster and carried it as a lucky rabbit's foot for a little while. Then at the same time, my son, who's now a grown man, but he was a little boy at the time, asked me to start taking martial arts with him. We were homeschooling. He was uh, using martial arts as his extracurricular activity. Papa, 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 come and take martial arts with me. So I did that. Just planned to do it for six months. Uh, here I am 15 years later, still at it, still trying to figure out if my six month trial is worth it. Um, and, uh, wasn't too long after that. So again, I was in vocational pastoral ministry, but, um, I I was getting into training and getting into martial arts, getting into, uh, training with a firearm and, and realized, gosh, it's expensive to do so. And so I started the company honestly, as a way that I could write off my own training and ammo expenses, uh, was why I first decided to do that. I mean, of course I wanted to make a profit, but you know, you got to get good yourself. So that gave me an opportunity to train and have uncle Sam let me do it with pre-tax dollars. And then uh, the you should have got a side. radio. You should have got a radio host job. That <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that works so, too. Yeah. So then I, I I just grew the company. It just grew. I think by the Lord's blessing, uh, we started social media in really in 2012, 2013. Uh, the YouTube channel came along in 2016. I, I started the narrated self defense videos that everybody knows because I was training in martial arts. Uh, Facebook had started sharing video content. Somebody sent me a video uh, of a real life knife attack and I showed it to my martial arts teacher and uh, Professor Lawrence Robinson in Attitude First here in Phoenix. And I was like, man, I don't know how to defend myself against this kind of attack. So we workshopped it in class that night. And I was like, wow, that was really fun. And then I took the lessons that we'd learned workshopping it and then shared those on the video uh, the next day. And that was received really well. Uh, Did that on Facebook for a while. That was in 2014. Then in 2016, YouTube came along and we started putting videos on YouTube and the YouTube channel just exploded. So uh, that's kind of how we got where we are. I I left my job in vocational ministry in uh, 2018, the beginning of 2018, uh, because uh, I had to choose at that point what I was going to do. And quite frankly, running a church drove me bonkers. Uh, I love being a shepherd, but don't like running a nonprofit. And uh, the the headaches and all that stuff just drove me out of that industry. And I didn't leave the faith. So for anybody who's listening, who's Christian, I didn't I didn't apostatize. I just quit a job. And uh, so now I run active self-protection as my solo endeavor. And you have a family there in Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I have been married for 25 plus years now. Um, uh, You know, we got married very young and we have four children, three of whom are grown and uh, adults uh, and uh, one who is just about there. So we're, we're not too far from empty nesters. And Congratulations. Uh, she's the love of my life, my very best friend in the whole wide world. And everything I do is so that her life is good. She's listening, isn't she? Uh, I'm sure she will at some point. And, you know, they say happy wife, happy <laughs> life. And I take that. You get credit for that. That was good. That was good. You, know, <laughs> you get credit. All right. So, hey, you said you bought the wrong gun, the wrong holster, the wrong ammo. So what did you do when you first started? Well, I mean, so I, I don't like bagging on individual companies or anything like that, but I. I oh, come on. Like it's a good pastime. People. The Second Amendment community, all we do is bag on stuff. So come on. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't do any research. Uh, I, I went with what the gun store clerks said was was right. I went down to the local big box retailer. I mean, major retailer. And just whatever the clerk thought was cool. And, and he convinced me, he said, Hey man, um, 
My very first carry gun was a Springfield XD uh, because, oh, this grip safety is really helpful and cool. Come to find out it's actually a big problem um, later. Uh, it was in 40 caliber because stopping power, which is garbage. Um, and uh, so I bought that gun. It was the same as any other polymer frame gun in terms of price. So that was okay by me to come to find out that was a, a very poor choice, quite frankly, from a lot of reasons. Uh, I loaded it with uh, really crappy MagSafe Defender ammo, really terrible ammo um, that's that's completely not uh, effective at what it does. That that super high whiz bang light for caliber ammo. I thought, oh look, on the packaging it says it won't over penetrate, and so that'll be good if I miss. So my and, my whole plan was to miss. And and, and if you uh, if you did hit, it just bounces off. So it's just right, it's like yeah. a paintball. Yeah, it doesn't have the kind of terminal ballistics that we really want in a defensive round, but I didn't know any better. And then, uh, so the holster wasn't terrible. It was a uh, a leather outside the waistband holster. Um, that particular one made by Galco, and Galco makes fine leather holsters. Uh, and it covered the trigger guard, and it was okay. But uh, today, I would say I, pref- I strongly prefer carrying inside the waistband to outside. And um, I, I personally strongly prefer Kydex to leather. Um, just because that leather holster wore as you would expect it to do. And the more it wore the, um, the, the less margin for success it had every day. So, uh, so like most gun folk, I mean, so there I am with my XD 40, uh, with MagSafe defenders in, uh, an outside the waistband, no retention, uh, but, but it's concealed. So I don't really care about that. Uh, all leather holsters. So I, I don't, that's not my current setup. And now, of course, if I have a student come to class with that setup, hey, we're going to run what you brought. And I'm totally down with that. But if uh, 2021 John could go back to 2006 John, he would have perhaps led him in a different path. So what would you have suggested? Well, I mean, I do suggest uh, a, a, a polymer double stack uh, striker fired nine millimeters, a great gun for a, a first gun owner. Um, and, but I would probably have sent me towards uh, today. I carry an HK, but of course the VP nine hadn't come out yet. And at that point, the P 30 was a much more expensive gun. So I probably would have pointed me towards either something like a Glock 19, something like a Smith and Wesson M and P, uh, something like a, uh, well, a SIG 320 wasn't out yet. So, so probably one of those, you know, a, a polymer striker fired, uh, gun would have been good. And, and I mean, really for a first gun, for somebody that you don't, don't know, that's going to get into the industry, it's really hard to go wrong with a Glock 19. I mean, it's, it's like gun comma generic, you know, and if you're not going to get into this and if you're not going to practice much, and if you're not going to invest, it's got cheap accessories that are plentifully available. It's reliable and it does the job adequately. So that's probably where I would have sent me. So that's pretty interesting here. So we're going to have to go to a break real quick. So we've got um, uh, John Korea. Uh, they actually, we found out today, they spell the country incorrect. Korea should be spelled C-O-R-R-E-I-A. John Korea, <laughs> ask, uh, excuse me, activeselfprotection.com. We'll be right back after this Firing Line Radio Show, firinglineradio.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. Welcome back to Boomstick Radio. Philip Naiman, FiringLineRadio.com. And you know, every week we are brought to you by Vince Torres over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, corner of Brockton and Arlington. 
that's the place you need to go for small arms, big arms, ammunition, if you can find it, everything else that you need. That's the place to go down there at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo. And when you do get your first gun or second or third or 14th, you need to get some training. So look for a certified training course like the ones we're talking about here with active self-protection. If you need more information, get a hold of Vince over at bullseyesport.com, 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211. Hey, folks, welcome back here. We have uh, John Correa from activeselfprotection.com. You've seen him on YouTube. I know you have because he gets about 60 million views a month on pro-Second Amendment stuff. So not only is it pro-Second Amendment, but it's useful information. He's out there trying to help people understand the difference between carrying responsibly and ending up on the wrong side of a DA like we have out here in Los Angeles, okay? So there's a huge, huge thing. It's a responsibility. When you carry a firearm, you have to understand all the ramifications of it. It's not just, hey, I've got a gun. I'm a big asp now. Um, I, I need to understand what happens when we use it. And we talk about this often with Stan Campbell, the uh, CEO of, uh, of uh, CCW Safe. You know, CCW Safe's a big sponsor, and, and uh, we have them on often. And we're always talking about some of the things that happen after the use of a firearm. And uh, according to him, and maybe you've seen this too, the biggest sin out there is for a new CCW holder or somebody to brandish. Like oh boy. They, they felt they were threatened, so they pulled their shirt up and said, Hey, look what I have. You know, or they pulled it out and waved it and said, Hey man, back off. You're you're irritating me. I just want to drink my cup of coffee here. Don't ask me for another quarter. You know, something like that. And then, you know, like your reaction right off the bat, oh boy. Tell us about that with brandishing. Yeah, I, I see that all the time. I, I tell folks all the time, carrying a firearm is a big responsibility. And you must recognize there are plenty of ways you can get in trouble with a gun that doesn't involve shooting that gun. And most of that involves threatening with a gun. And uh, just like Stan said, and uh, Stan and Mike Darter and the guys at CCW say for good people, uh, you know, what I see people do is they use the gun as an intimidation tool. And when you use the gun to intimidate somebody, that is the definition of aggravated assault. You've used a firearm to intimidate rather than to defend. And uh, recognize that anytime you bring a gun into a fight, you've escalated that fight from a verbal altercation or even a physical altercation to a deadly altercation. Now, there's only the only time that's justifiable is when you face an imminent deadly threat. When you face a deadly threat, a threat of of death or great bodily harm, then uh, you have the right to defend yourself with deadly force. And in that case, then a firearm is a useful tool. But I tell folks, look, it's, it's a firearm is akin in many ways to a fire extinguisher in your kitchen. It's only good for one thing. And so you got to have other tools in the kitchen. Uh, it's good for two things. You could hit somebody with a fire extinguisher. I mean, wasn't that one of the one of the rumors <laughs> that happened, right? <laughs> yeah. So I do see people that they get themselves in trouble. And of course, every um, every law is different. Every state is different, right? Here in Arizona, we have a, a defensive display of a firearm statute that y'all out there in California just don't have. And uh, so it's a little different out here. But but the bottom line is you actually you actually have open carry in Arizona. Yeah, open carry completely legal in Arizona. Concealed carry without a permit in Arizona. Um, so concealed carry without a carry. permit is legal also. 
Yeah, constitutional carry. If you're 21 years old uh, and uh, are legal to possess a firearm, you can carry it concealed on your person without a permit in most places. There's a few places you can't. So always check the laws, right? Uh, but uh, our defensive display statute is very strong. But as a general rule, what I tell people is, is unless you are facing a threat of death or great bodily harm, uh, leave the gun concealed in its holster. Don't get yourself in that kind of trouble. Every time you bring that gun out, it's, it's because the alternative is so bad that you could not stomach it. Uh, if, if I don't draw this gun right now, I'm going to die or spend weeks in the hospital. Well, that's a, an outcome that's completely unacceptable. Now the gun comes out. If I don't pull this gun, uh, my wife is going to be kidnapped and I don't know if I'll ever see her again. That is a, a, an outcome that is so egregiously bad, I couldn't possibly live with it. So now the gun comes out. I think they actually take that on a case by case basis. Right. Well, I mean, it depends on your wife, I suppose, you know, depends on how you uh, how you take that yourself. But of course, you know, so so those are the kinds of situations, right? A forcible felony like that. Um, you know, that man is threatening the clerk at this store that I'm in with a firearm, pointing a gun at him. And, and that clerk is going to die if I don't do something. And so I'm going to draw my firearm. That's a personal choice if you're going to get involved. Uh, but otherwise, leave the gun in its holster. I don't want you to get in trouble for brandishing. Let's let's talk about that situation. So the guy has a knife or the guy has a uh, firearm or, I don't know, a pool cue with nails in it. That's one thing. The guy is just grabbing two cases of 40-ounce malt liquor and, and some uh, Jack Daniels and running out the door. That's a whole different thing, right? Yeah, stealing property is one thing. Remember, you can right. use deadly force to defend life. And somebody that brandishes or threatens with a weapon, so even if they say, hey, I got a gun, I'll shoot you, uh, give me the money out of the till, now I'm threatening someone's life. I'm threatening them with great bodily harm. That is a time where we have the right to use deadly force to defend ourselves. But defending pure property with deadly force is a no-no. That will, that's escalating the conflict because property can be recovered. Property can be replaced. Life cannot be recovered or replaced. And so since it's irreplaceable and infinitely valuable, we are, are, are morally as well as legally correct to, do, to use deadly force to protect it if necessary. But really what's going to go down is a reasonable person standard. So everything is predicated on what would a good, sane, sober, moral, prudent person do in your shoes? Knowing what you knew, equipped as you were in the moment, what would an, a reasonable person do? Not a perfect person, but a reasonable person. So I always talk about that good, sane, sober, moral, prudent person. Ned Flanders. What would Ned Flanders do in your shoes? And and so if somebody's stealing a, a an item, let, let's just say you're saying, you're saying don't item. be a homer. Yeah, don't be homer for sure. Be Ned. Uh, and, and, you know, so if you go, all right, let's just say it's even something bigger. Let's say it's your car and and they are stealing your car and your car is obviously a high value item. And but but there's nobody in that car. And you say, okay, what am I going to do here? I had this instance. I had somebody steal my car out of my driveway one day. And uh, I had, I was in my home, had my shotgun out, was at the front door. And I, I believe it's, it's God himself who stopped me. He was like, whoa, what are you doing? Uh, time out. Let me think about this. For my insurance deductible, which on that vehicle was $1,000. So for the insurance deductible on that vehicle, you are going to go have a gunfight with an unknown number of assailants of unknown capability and unknown armament. Uh, for $1,000 that I put on your driveway. Is that smart? No, that's stupid. 
And so don't do it, uh, especially because I'll probably spend that on the lawyer to make oh. sure I don't get charged for it later. You would spend 10 times that just to start. Right. Exactly. Start. So don't use deadly force to protect property, but you can use deadly force to protect life. And that's what we do. We're protectors, not punishers. That's a very important distinction because, well, just go out there, grab him, pull him out of the car, pummel him. That's a better idea, right? You're, you're certainly allowed to use physical force to protect your property, right? So right. somebody says, hey, man, give me your wallet. I'm not going to go, well, I got to give it to you. No, I'm not going to give you my wallet. Get out of here, you punk. Uh, but, and, and if he goes, okay, or I'll punch you in the face. Well, I'm not going to let you punch me in the face, buddy. You know, back up. So somebody's like, well, I'm going to take your car. Can I grab a hold of him and toss him out of the car? Of course I can. Uh, but of course, I got to do a good risk analysis here. If that guy is a UFC fighter and I go, yeah, I'm going to pull you out of the car. And instead, I'm going to get my butt whooped and use my car. Uh, and lose it. Well, then lose the stupid it'll car. Be a, it'll be a good YouTube video. I guess, man. I'd here's be a bad here's what I did wrong. I should have done <laughs> yeah, this. All the ways I did that. that here's all the ways I messed up. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I, when we come back here, we're going to do a go to another break in about a minute or so. But when we come back here, I want to talk about some specific cases, especially out here in California, that you've reviewed. Yeah. If you have a few off the top of your head, you want to talk about. Got, um, we've got a couple recent ones, in fact. Yeah, well, we, we're letting all the felons out of jail, so it's a free-for-all out here. There is no crime that gets punished unless you are a um, a terrorist, according to uh, the recent analysis in the governments. But everything else out here is free-for-all. Property crime is free. They just reduced gun crimes from enhancements of 10, 20, 30 years to one, two, and three years. So now why not use a firearm, right? Because then if you're only, if they give you an enhancer for two years, but they're letting everybody out who's been sentenced to three years or less for COVID. You're good. You're good. You're out. It's all free, man. And so we have an insanity going on in our um, attorney general's offices out here. And you've probably seen Gascon. He's just an embarrassment all the way through. But anyway, we've got all those things going on. So we want to talk about California specific, some of the cases that you've dealt with there. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out ActiveSelfProtection.com. John Correa, you've seen him on YouTube. Now you can see him here. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety? local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. I want to uh, welcome you back here. We are with John Correa of Active Self-Protection. Now you know you can get all of our podcasts at Firing Line Radio. 
radio.com. Byringlineradio.com, you've got a ton of podcasts there. You also have our Facebook page and, and uh, whatever else we happen to be doing with that, as long as we're on that platform. Um, John Correa is self-defense expert. Uh, he is an expert witness in several cases. And also, folks, I forgot to mention this, but the Cover Your Asp Tour, Cover Your Asp Tour, March 16th through the 19th, coming right up here. San Diego gun owners are, are putting that on, so you can go to their website and check that out. San Diego gun owners, um, Cover Your Asp Tour, March 16th through the 19th, and that's going to be an extremely important thing for those of us out here in the People's Republic of Occupied California. John, we have the craziest people in our state running our state. We have Gabby Newsom. We have Gascon, who believes, who's the DA for LA County, who believes that there shouldn't be any punishment for basically any crime other than being conservative. Um, Other than that, it's a free for all. And we are letting felons out at a record pace because of COVID. We don't want them to get the sniffles so they can go murder more people. That's that's the trade-off that the progressives have in our district attorney's office. It's it's insane. So let's talk about a couple of cases you've had here that you've reviewed in California. Southern California would be best if you have a couple of those. And let's talk about what happened, the setup, and how it turned out. Yeah, it seems like anything I get out of California is out of Southern California. So you're in luck there. Uh, I oh, think yeah, about yeah, really lucky. I think about one out of uh, San Bernardino County that we had very recently of a man who uh, had a crazy meth head neighbor and his crazy meth head neighbor came and literally started pounding on his door at two o'clock in the morning and demanding that he come to the door. And of course, uh, our homeowner did not do that. Well, then a uh, guy left for a little while, came back again, starts pounding on the door. Well, then that time that the guy's dogs woke him up. So he starts coming to the front door. And uh, guys banging on the door, trying to break it in and kick it his, his front door. And thankfully he had a security screen there. And uh, then our, uh, our perp decides he's going to pull a firearm and, and start uh, yelling. Well, uh, of course, guy's wife calls 911. Guy goes and retrieves his handgun from his handgun safe and ends up getting in a gunfight with this guy through his security screen door. And uh, nobody hit anything. So our our homeowner took several shots at uh, our perp. In fact, he even admitted to the news that when he chambered his gun, he had a negligent discharge. And his first shot was uh, while he was chambering his gun. He he literally said that to the news media. And uh, and then uh, our bad guy tried to shoot at him several times uh, from behind a pillar near his front door. His gun malfunctioned multiple times. Eventually, he got tired of having that gunfight and ran off. Um, as he ran off, he took a shot at a neighbor's house uh, and drove off after that. Police uh, tried to locate him. They showed up a few minutes later, about 10 minutes after the guy left. And uh, they just uh, it took them. I think a several days to find the guy and eventually they did get him into custody. So uh, it turns out uh, he was on a meth fueled binge and uh, he's facing a host of San Bernardino County. No way. Weird. Right. So uh, then he's facing a host of charges, of course, but in the moment, nobody could protect that man and his family, but him, he was uh, the, the agent in his own rescue. So when we, we walk through that one on the channel, which uh, it's been just a couple of weeks now since that one's been on the channel, uh, a couple of things that I always tell folks is, is I love the fact that he had a security screen door because that gave him a layer of safety that the guy couldn't get into his house. That's a very good thing. 
The second thing I probably would have recommended is not to go into the living room to begin with, to hunker back in your safe room with your family um, and just wait the guy out unless he actually uh, starts to break into the house and actually gets into the house. I mean, of course, then once that barrier is broken, then you got to do what you got to do. And there's no no other way. But but otherwise, kind of going out to the front room and shooing the guy off. Uh, it, it ended up getting him in a gunfight that he might not have needed to get into, that he might have just hunkered back with the family. I'm not blaming him for doing that. I mean, he went to his front door to try to see what was going on, and that's a very normal, natural thing to do. But but prudence sometimes says, you know what, I'm just gonna gonna wait in my, you know, in my safe place that we've already determined with my family, pull everybody into that safe room and just wait it out. Uh, so then that way, if uh, the, the storm door does what it's supposed to do, then if anybody has to get in a gunfight with that guy, I'd rather somebody else do it. And and so we joke about that sometimes on the channel. We call that outsourcing your violence. And if I can outsource <laughs> my violence, I would love to outsource my violence and let somebody right. else deal with it. But I'm glad he had his firearm. I'm glad it was available to him. I'm glad that he ended up winning the day. And so good for him for all of that. So what happened when the uh, the officers showed up 10 minutes later? Well, so they show up, obviously guy has already left and, and our homeowners on the phone, uh, his wife, had, I think passed the phone over to him. So they knew what to expect. Of course, you know, the big thing they tell him is they don't want him to have a gun in his hand when he shows up at the door. Uh, when the, when the police finally arrive and the blacks and whites show up with the blues and reds flashing and, uh, you know, he greets him at the door. Good grief. Don't have a gun in your hand. When that goes down, you can obviously see that, you know, there's the bright, bright lights blaring in the front yard. And he didn't. And and they treated him well, of course. And thankfully, he had actually a home security system. So he had video for them. But of course, the whole rest of the day now, he is going to be doing interviews and figuring out what happened and getting that security footage to the police. And now he's involved with all that. So uh, he's fine. The part that really irritates me about all of this, and I'm going to guess, I don't know this case specifically, I'm going to guess this is not the first run-in that the gentleman meth head has had with police. When you're on oh, meth at it. that level, you are in and out of jail. And the problem is we don't keep these buggers in jail. They're back out. This other guy's, his life's materially changed now. He had to deal with all his head. He hit the guy and then that guy's family sues him because, well, he's a professional meth head. He was just doing his job and now he has no income because he can't rob people because you killed him. Uh, um, so yeah, you know, we have these stupid lawsuits that happen here also. We need to keep these buggers in jail. They are, they are absolutely worthless. And, and California is going down the wrong road. We're legalizing all forms of drug use, right? So you said, you know, you've done pastor, you've, you've done counseling. So have you ever in your life seen anybody turn 50, let's say, and decide and come to you and say, you know what? I am so damn glad I started doing crack when I was 16. It has just enhanced my life materially. I am so much better off. But here we are legalizing this thing and not not treating people for what they're doing, you know, and and then they become major problems that this meth, it ruins their minds. They are back guano crazy. Um, You know, after a while, they, they are not sane. I don't know if they're possessed or what, but they are absolutely on another planet. And you see them walking down the street, mumbling to themselves and attacking light posts. You know, this is not normal behavior. This is not what we should condone, condone. And as a country and as a nation and as a state here, we are rewarding unbelievably bad behavior. And so we're getting more of it. 
you know? Well, and, and I, I mean, obviously uh, impairment always uh, is by definition impairing your behavior and making you do stupid things that you wouldn't do if you weren't impaired. So, uh, you know, we can talk as a nation about what we believe should be criminalized, but uh, I think that uh, we should certainly be accountable for our actions. And when we impose upon the liberty of others, then we should be held accountable for that. Right. So, so I mean, we always joke about, hey, hold my beer, right? When someone's going to do something stupid. But it's really stupid. It was like, hey, hold my crack pipe. I mean, that's really when, <laughs> that's really when the stupidity starts, right? Uh, so what else do you have for us here? We, that, that was a good case. How about Got another one that did something poorly? Well, I mean, so those exist. Uh, we had one out of Fresno, California. This was a couple of years ago. It's actually a famous one on the channel. Uh, a store owner in Fresno, and Fresno County is pro-CCW. Uh, the, the sheriff there, Margaret Mims, is completely a, a shall-issue sheriff. And uh, had a, a store owner legally carrying his uh, concealed firearm in Fresno, had his son there, and a, a perp who came into the store, a couple of them, in fact, and started shaking them down. So our store owner was wearing a, um, a apron and it's a, it's a restaurant that he's in and a convenience store and those things. So uh, decided in the moment, actually perp hit him in the head with a gun and made him start bleeding pretty good. And, and then what you see happen is, is our, our uh, owner decided he's going to draw his firearm, but his firearm was not chambered. It wasn't ready to go. And unfortunately uh, the perp saw him drawing the firearm and trying to chamber the firearm and the perp was first. And uh, so our uh, store owner, though he was armed and legal and doing what he should have been doing and had every right to stop that, he wasn't prepared to stop that and wasn't carrying his firearm well. And so the perp shot him and killed him in front of his son. And, and you can actually see him on camera on that one on the channel, spending the last seconds of his life uh, figuring out why his gun isn't working and trying to chamber around in the gun. And Folks, we never want that to happen to you. So go to ActiveSelfProtection.com. Go to our, our Cover Your Asp tour that's going to be March 16th through 19th and get prepared. Firing Line Radio, FiringLineRadio.com. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. Folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. We're back here with John Correa, Active Self Protection, Active Self Protection.com. He's got several training 
courses going on all over the the country. But um, the one we have out here locally is going to be the Cover Your Asp Tour. Asp as in active self-protection tour. 316 through the 19th, San Diego. You can check it out at the Riverside County Gun Owners website and uh, make sure you're you're heading down there for that. Oh, you know what? I want to touch on this. You also have your your national seminar. Yeah, our national conference. National conference. Okay. Talk to us about that. Yeah, uh, last weekend in September in Manhattan, Kansas, we get together um, and we have a whole weekend of training. So the cool part of the training is that it's all a fundraiser for the Flint Hills Foster Team Camp uh, out of Kansas. And what they do is they you, take you're, in you're, in, you're in Arizona. How did you get hooked up with Kansas? Yeah, we, we went out to Tallgrass Shooting Sports, Mike and Lisa Irvin, and taught a training class for them as part of our Cover Your Ask tour a couple of years ago, several years ago. And we just fell in love with Mike and Lisa and the work that they do out there. So not only do they have tall grass shooting sports, Living Water Ranch, which is a Christian camp out there. They invite, you know, churches and youth groups and stuff to come out and have camps. But they also uh, run the Flint Hills Foster Teen Camp. And what they do is they take abused foster teens and they bring them out for camp in the summer and they give them hope and they give them love. And they teach them that somebody loves them beyond somebody being paid to take care of them. Right. And they also have a, a follow-on program to that called Homes of Hope. 40% of foster teens are, are homeless the second they age out of the system. Right. Uh, if they experience that homelessness, their chances of incarceration and drug abuse go up significantly, yep. uh, like, like multifold. And so Mike and Lisa do that out of the goodness of their heart with nobody support. Uh, and so we thought we, we need to do that. So every penny, you don't actually even give a penny to active self-protection to be part of the conference. You make a donation to Flint Hills foster teen camps that provides a teen with a week of summer camp. Uh, it was abused foster teen. So what does this run? Uh, it's, it's $600 and that provides for a teen to take a week of, uh, of summer camp and you get then three full days of training and that three full days of training is some of the best trainers in the nation. We get some national subject matter experts to come. We get people like, um, John Houtman from Filster teaching uh, holstering classes and how holsters work. AJ Zito of Practical Performance, uh, a, a, a huge master level shooter. I mean, just an incredible shooter. Chuck Haggard, national subject matter expert in, in OC spray use. We get Brian Hill from the Complete Combatant. We get, I mean, just uh, people like that of that caliber, national level folks who all donate their time and come out and teach live fire classes, classroom classes. I teach there. My staff is all there for the weekend. We also do, for those who are interested in it, I'm a Jesus guy, so we have Bible study every morning for those who want to do that. We have a worship service on Saturday night that everyone's welcome at. I mean, no push. It's, it's conference style, right? So you take as much as you want. You don't do what you don't want to do. Life is good. Uh, we have food trucks that show up for people so that, you know they can do that stuff. Um, and it's just, just an incredible weekend. It, it's And to get to experience the culture uh, that, that Mike and Lisa at Tallgrass have put together, the ASP staff and crew, it's, it's an incredible weekend of training. And we get people all the time who come back and say, man, it, it's, it's so much more than a training weekend. But you get three great tra- days of training at a great value. You get to do good in the lives of people. You even get a tax deduction for it because you're making a donation to a 501c3, which is kind of cool. Uh, and you get a good time. So last weekend in September. And you can find more information on my website. Right. ActiveSelfProtection.com. Very cool. I'll talk to you more about that uh, off the air. Okay. Hey, folks. Um, I want to take this last opportunity here. We have just a few minutes left in the show. Talking about some of the things that, that go wrong when you are carrying for self-defense or even in your home. You know, let's talk about chambered versus unchambered, right? 
John, what's your opinion? Yeah. Well, so, you know, I know this the is story of the last guy, right? So, yeah. Your- and if you go on my second channel, so I actually have two YouTube channels. My second one is Active Self-Protection Extra. And I've had discussions with several attorneys on this that are uh, firearms related law attorneys. And they get to see the people that get prosecuted for things like negligent discharges, uh, for things like people who get shot with their unsecured firearms. And they would definitely argue and say, listen, don't don't carry with a round in the chamber, because if you shoot yourself or you shoot somebody inadvertently, that's a bigger problem and more likely. As a defensive trainer, I disagree. I think we should minimize our administrative gun handling. But uh, if I'm drawing a firearm, it's because somebody is trying to kill me right now and they're probably hurting. And so I need that firearm in condition to use, which means if you're carrying a striker fired gun, it needs to be chambered. Now, of course, it needs to be carried in a holster that completely covers the trigger and trigger guard when you do that. Uh, If you're carrying a hammer-fired gun, uh, a a single-action-only gun like a 1911 should be carried with a chamber full, the the hammer back, and the safety on. So a single-action-only gun should be carried safety on. A traditional double-action gun, like something like a HKP-30 or a 6 hour P226 or uh, a Beretta 92, can be carried uh, in condition two and decocked. Yeah, Yeah, CZs, right. Yeah, can be carried decocked. But... uh, because it has a, a, a double action longer pull, but but it needs to be in such a condition that all I have to do is draw that gun and get that gun into the fight and and see my sights and press my trigger in order to do the work. Because, uh, you know, we say gunfights are won and lost in tenths sometimes. And the first to get a good anatomical hit on the other guy is almost always the victor. Not not 100%, but almost always. And so being first is important. And I see people in training classes that they fumble uh, trying to get a gun chambered in that moment, and and then they really struggle. So I always recommend uh, to to get to the level of competence with your gun handling skills that you can be safe with a loaded firearm on your person, that you can carry it safely, that it's holstered in a quality holster, and that you can get it in the fight in the time to use it. And quality holster is important. I, I like the Kydex. I like them that are fitted to the gun. Um, we did a bunch of training out here with a couple of guys, and uh, they showed up with. I wasn't the instructor, but they showed up with the universal Uncle Mike, um, you know, bucket holster. Um, Burn that. (laughs) A a holster that fits multiple guns doesn't fit any guns. Right. That's the reality of things. Uh, You want a a hard-sided holster, whether that's leather or or Kydex, you know, uh, some kind of plastic like that, that completely covers the trigger guard. And we always say a good holster has three requirements. It has to cover the trigger guard completely. It has to hold the firearm securely, and it has to allow access to the firearm reliably. If it does those three things, then it meets the requirements of a holster. And uh, there's an awful lot of of garbage being sold to people uh, in the name of profit margin. And uh, people who are not educated will buy it. And so become the educated one and buy quality, please. Yeah. So a lot of people end up... And we've seen we've seen a few accidents with people with uh, holsters that require you to use your index finger to unlock the gun. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, trigger finger is um, actually so. So in particular, uh, the the Blackhawk Serpa is the most common one. And what I tell people is those are sold so often because not because they're any good, but because they have great margin and they have a great dealer stocking program. And so they get sold on the gun uh, store. They're on the shelves. shelves. Yeah, they're on, they're on the, shelves. the shelves. Yeah. Um, but the problem with them is, is I actually have a video on my second channel extra uh, that we that is titled "The Circle Holsters Hot Garbage," and uh, because we see incidences of people shooting themselves with them. Now they shouldn't, but human anatomy and physiology being what it is, people get in a hurry exactly. and under stress and duress, 
they end up pressing in and they end up impinging the trigger and shooting someone with that holster, especially because there are plenty of other designs on the marketplace that don't have that problem that maybe cost five bucks more. And, and so buy those. Let's talk retention. So uh, carrying concealed, I prefer one that'll use a little bit of a grip across the front of the uh, trigger guard as opposed to a thumb strap. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I like for, for concealed carry, your first level of retention is concealment. If they don't know what's there, then uh, that is a level of retention. Beyond that, friction is acceptable. Uh, enough friction that if I took the gun, unloaded it, showed it clear, stuck it in the holster, and then turned it upside down and gave it a gentle shake, the gun would stay put. As long as it has that much retention, I think it's fine for concealed carry. Uh, if you're going to openly carry, on the other hand, it needs active retention, which means something like my, my recommendation in that case is a Safari Land ALS. I think that's the correct answer uh, for almost every gun in that case, because then you really need something. You know, 511 makes a thumb drive holster that's similar, uh, those kinds of things that that actively retain the gun. I don't think that's necessary for concealed carry, but for open carry, I do. Yeah, the, the ALS, they have some very, very good systems from Safari Land. Um, I've got one that's a th- bit of a thumb drive on there that's just, you don't even notice it's there. As you hit the gun, it's coming up. But yep. you do need to have a secondary retention on that if it is an open carry gun. And that's, you know, well, California, we don't deal with open carry. Open carry, you're going to jail because we've had people that lost that for us. Uh, thinking they were doing the right thing, they messed that one up. Mm-hmm. All right. How about ammunition? Do you carry extra magazines? <laughs> I don't, in fact. Uh, so it's it's a point of contention that uh, I know some people disagree with me. So I've analyzed around 30,000 gunfights at this point. Uh, that's what I do for a living every single day on the main channel. And in 30,000 gunfights analyzed, I have never seen a private citizen even one time use rounds from a second magazine uh, to win a gunfight. I have seen maybe three cases where a private citizen actually reloaded a gun in a gunfight. But by the time the reload happened, the gunfight was over. So it was Oops. really administrative. Now Very I good. tell it to people all the time. I don't care if you want to carry a spare mag, carry 10 of them, but make sure you carry your less lethal first and carry your medical equipment first. Very good folks. I want to thank my special guest, John Korea, active self-protection, active self-protection.com cover your ASP tour, March 16th through 19th. Check out more about them there. John, thank you for your time. I hope you're having a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.